welcome to God on Tap. And as always, I'm Nika Spalding, and we have taken a really long hiatus from this podcast because I was trying to do this small thing. What was that thing called? Oh, yeah, launch a church. So uh, if you are in the Dallas area, we officially launched St. Jude Oak Cliff a couple weeks ago, and then hopefully I'll get back in the studio soon and start recording. But today I'm super pumped because I'm doing a Friday feature with a gal named Morgan Isecki. Hey, Morgan. Hey. Uh, Morgan is young, talented. She is a wife. She's a mom. She's a mom of like 15 kids. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> two. two kids, yeah. Uh, and then she is a seminary student. She's a bad mamma jamma for a place called Cradera. She is, y'all, she's just impressive. And so I begged her to come jump on here because Morgan has a really unique perspective about the idea of work. And so, Morgan, what did I not say about you in the introduction that you want to tell people at home? Well, one thing is my last name is Esky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can tell we're best friends. Yes. You know, it's funny that you say that because, like, whenever people meet me first but they've read my name before they meet me, it's always Mika, and Nika. it takes a long time. Uh, and I meant to ask you, actually, how to no. say your last name because I've always read it. So spell, spell it's your last weird, name. It's so a weird it. one. It's E-S-E-K-E. So right. love my husband, but went from Taylor to Esky. So I'm like, So you're always correct. Come on, people. dude. Yeah. So clearly we're best friends. Whatever. Uh, but actually, Morgan and I have, we've had mutual friends for much longer than we've been actual friends. And then yes. just through the seminary and just being women in this city, it's been fun to connect and get to know each other better. And so... We had lunch not too long ago, and I said, please come on my podcast. And so I'm really excited to have her because Morgan is going to be talking about the topic of work and faith, which is a topic that, frankly, not enough women talk about. And I think if you look at the demographics in the world today, it's a topic that we got to get right because more women are staying in the workforce longer. They're leading in the workforce longer, all those fun things. And so, all right, Morgan, so here's how I want to set it up. Um, you're a millennial. You're, mm-hmm. you're very much square in that millennial band in camp. And so I know you've heard like, find a job that you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Right. What's your true purpose in life? Your identity is tied up. And I think you're like already getting nauseous as I'm saying all these yeah, things. I'm so like, what is the my correction? Blood is to that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So lead us Morgan. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that's a question. I think that's haunted me, uh, honestly the past several years and especially since I became a mom, um, being in kind of the evangelical Christian world where a lot of people have told me that my highest calling is motherhood, mm-hmm. but I still have this really strong desire to be in the workplace and um, call it a calling or just a, a desire or a place where I'm passionate yeah. about. Um, and so I've, I've struggled between those two things, but, and really asked myself a lot of those questions. Um, and I think, you know, so I had a baby five months ago. Um, and, and I also have a two-year-old and so easy. So you're sleeping, no yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really the past two years, I think I would describe it as a lot of stripping away, mm-hmm. um, of my identity. Not that I don't love my daughters and, um, it's been a building up of other things. Uh, but I've been really confused about like, okay, I'm good at my job. I um, am excelling here, but then I have this new responsibility that I haven't had before and and trying to figure out, well, what is my purpose now? Um, and people that don't have kids, I think, I mean, we get blasted with mm-hmm. so many messages of, you know, follow your dreams, find your purpose, um, pursue your passions. And a lot of stuff, a lot of people are just like, you know, for me, I think you grow into your passions. I think, you know, I think it's Maya Angelou says something like, 
do the best you can until you know better and then do better. Yeah, and then when you know better, do better. Yeah, yeah when you know yeah, better, yeah, do better. Yeah. And so I think that's a lot of, like, what our calling or purpose turns into is that as we grow, we learn, we, you know, yeah. learn more, and then we say, okay, I know more about how to how to make a difference here. This is what I'm going to step into. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and I think, too, like, taking seriously Genesis 3, right? Like, there will be toil in our work. And so I think sometimes when you get these messages of, like, follow your purpose, follow your calling, Mm -hmm. and maybe you're in a field that you should be in, but it's hard. It's toilsome. Especially when you're first starting out. We're not that good at it. We make tons of, like, mistakes and all. And I think if you're not careful, you can begin to think that you're supposed to be, like, incandescently happy in Mm -hmm. your job. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. Who has that job? And they're lying. Like, I'm like, you liars. There's no way you're happy all the time. Well, I think of Paul. Like, he's probably one of the most on-purpose people that I can think of in the Bible. I mean, other than Jesus. But, like, you know. Um, But I'm like, I mean, his job kind of sucked. Like, (laughs) Take a meeting and get back in. Yeah, Yeah. he's like, yeah, "Yeah, but by a snake and then keep going. And, you know, and it was diverted. Like, you know, you think of him as this guy that was, like, excelling in his life, like kind of in the Jewish world and like top of the, you know, cream of the crop and like all of his circles. Total zeal, Pharisee of Pharisees. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 that's great. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, God, where am I going? And, you know, trying to make plans probably like, do I go to Asia? No. Like, and God just kind of sending him on this crazy, probably to him journey. um, Well, and and I love that you bring that up because it makes me think of like the, in Acts 9 when Ananias gets sent to help Paul restore sight. Mm -hmm. And Ananias is like, um, Jesus, hey, bro, bro, I know you're, like, sovereign, but that guy's a murderer. Yeah. And God's like, no, no, I've told him all that he must suffer for my namesake. Mm-hmm. And I think about that of, like, suffering was inherent in what Paul was called to do. And yet <laughs> he knew that's what God was calling. And I think suffering is part of the take up your cross and follow me is right. the call to the Christian life to die. So we're battling these messages of, like, love your job. It should be, like, yes. butterflies and all that. And yet I'm like, I, I think you're going to suffer if you're – if you, I don't know, I think you're going to, not all the time, but right. But you maybe don't be surprised if some of your job includes a bit of suffering and toil and all that. Yeah. yeah. And this is maybe my, you know, my theology and maybe not straight from scripture, but what, I bet you can tell me where it is in scripture. Hopefully. Oh, whatever. We'll find um, out. <laughs> but I think, you know, we're told like, oh, find this place where you're happy and you're fulfilled mm. and like pursue that. But I, I've, my mark has always been if I'm growing and being challenged, then I I know that I'm in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that's where I – that's what I'm pursuing is where am I growing and being challenged. That's good. Um, and that might not be the most yeah. fun place. Yeah, um, it's Book of Eskies 4-7. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and I think, yeah, it speaks to – it's even a privilege to be able to go where you want to go. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we exactly. forget that, like, so much of – even before the Industrial Revolution, work was what you did to survive. Work is right. what you did to carry your family. And so, like, I don't think women in, like, the 1600s in the fields were like, where, where would I like to no, take my passions? No, it's a very modern the, question. Right, right, exactly, that I'm not sure we're ready for sometimes. And, yeah. Yeah, and I think when you look at, you know, we've interpreted things like what Paul says in Second Timothy of, like, we have this high call a holy calling and for his purpose and his grace and we're like oh what is my magical Mm. gifting like maybe I'm gonna be the one on stage or like I'm gonna be the youngest you know I was trying to think of times I I had a dream like when I was nine years old this girl came to school and she was like an author and she was like the young you know super young (laughs) author and they were trying to to ever be public yeah Yeah, yeah. and I'm like I 
I am going to be, I'm going to publish a book before I leave elementary school. And I've, I've always had this weird dream where I'm like, okay, but well, before I graduate college, before I'm like, wait, it's never been about me. That's really good. When I think about that holy calling, it's like, it's in Christ Jesus. You know, he cares way more about saving souls than he does about making our name great. But I think the messages we get these days are, especially as women, you know, I need to break through that glass ceiling. I need to make a name for myself because everyone's pushing me down. And, you know, I don't, I think he cares a lot more about our character and the state of our hearts than he does about our title or. That's really good. And if you're forsaking that, that beautiful calling that Paul is talking about, then who cares what ceilings you break through? And all, I mean, all right. that's vanity, vanity, it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the, and Pastor also says we're supposed to live quiet, humble lives of submission. And mm-hmm. I think like that word submission has been, I mean, it has been taken and abused, right? And so right. we like rightfully push back against the abusive connotations of submission that we see so much in marriages and in the world today that we really should push back mm-hmm. against because it's been abused, especially when, you know, when you talk about slaves and women and children and all that stuff. But when you talk about submission to Christ and you talk, that's a different calling and that's a good calling. And mm-hmm. whatever Christ has for you, like you should say yes, right. even if it's not a big stage and Morgan, did you ever publish that book? Were you the youngest publisher? Oh, no, I wasn't. Okay. You know, and I think whatever would have come out would have been <laughs> weird. <laughs> Might have been embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Please don't ever talk about yeah. that book. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm, I'm grateful I haven't. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the point that point that you brought up, though, is just of, the, of submission is mm-hmm. so is, – is something I've been wrestling with a lot lately and – Kind of asking myself as it relates to work and... Um, yeah, so let's go there. I mean, you're a woman, yes. right? And so let's talk... Because I think you have such a unique perspective on this because you you do love your family. I mean, more you do. I've heard you talk about it. And you love your job. And neither of those are bad. But you're entering into space that sometimes I don't even think the church is ready for. Like, what what theology do we have for women in the workplace? Mm-hmm. How What does that look like? How do we follow the Spirit? How do we, how do we pursue both of... Can we? I mean, let me, I'll just open into it. I don't even want to lead people. Like, more, you may come on here and be like, no, you cannot do both. Or Mm -hmm. yes, or, you know. So what do you think about it? Well, I think, you know, it's definitely, if you go back and, like you said, go back to the Industrial Revolution, this is something women always worked. You know, like, it's not, it's actually not a new thing, not to contradict you, but, like, the... Women no, have been working right. and having wrong. babies. Yeah, that's right. And then now we've sort of had this swing in, in the 50s yeah. where it was like more of a status symbol to get to stay home. And not everybody gets that choice. That's good. Um, yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, going again, like, so we always talk about scripture has got to be theologically true for all yes. people in all times. And not that things aren't contextualized. But it is a modern bias that we say things like women have always stayed home, which is mm-hmm. what I said, which is. Even today, like, you can go to places that are agrarian societies. Right. Can you imagine telling the mom, like, oh, you don't have to go on the field today. Right. You don't have to do your basket weaving. You don't have to do your cloth making. You don't have to, yeah. you know, and, like, she would just look at you like, wait, what now? Yeah. And, yeah. And so well, it is a very Western, modern, yeah. Yeah. And I always think of just so sad. I think it was, like, in the Victorian ages when when that was the societal, kind of the high society norm to not be working and That's to right. – I mean, the suicide rate among those women was highest it's ever been. Freakishly high, yeah. And so, you know. And, and we, because sexual desire was like in women was like demonized. So you think about like 
you have to be quiet, you have to stay home, and you can't enjoy sex. So, like, yeah. what are these women doing with their time? <laughs> so you have these, like, the dollhouse and other books that were written from that time period that yeah. really capture the, like, bleakness. And when yeah. – and so, Maureen, this is what – because this is what I want to bring to you, like – Work is important. It is. And that's what I think when we diminish the value of just work in and of itself. Because mm-hmm. no, you and I are not going to say parenting, being a good wife, any of those things are right. not important. That's crazy. Right. But sometimes what people make you do is they make you pit those things against each other. Mm-hmm. And I think what I see in your life and in your theology is they're not competing. And both are valuable. I mean, is that – or am I putting words into your mouth? No, I think that's very true. And I, I think – so work for the majority of people is where we spend – the majority of our waking hours. That's right, yeah. And so in that, it's a huge opportunity for discipleship um, and evangelism. And just like being a mom for me is a huge, very important uh, opportunity for discipleship. And so... Yeah, that you're uniquely wired to do. Right. And I'm also the- you're uniquely wired in your workplace to do mm-hmm. it as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so where I am right now, just to be super candid with y'all, is you know, I'm ask, kind of asking myself, self these questions of kind of taking inventory of like, okay, what, what are the gifts that the Lord's given me? What are the responsibilities? And right now, little babies yeah, are kind of a big, big one. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, what, what resources do we have and kind of play in this a little bit of a kind of puzzle piece game of like, okay, where, what does that look like in this season? And then I, I'm constantly asking myself, like, and what is what I am doing Am I pursuing self-actualization mm-hmm. or is this self-fulfilling or am I trying to do something? Is it self-ambition? And I think a lot, there Those have are great been questions. Yeah. times when my career has for sure been that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, and by the way, I think both male and female should be constantly asking ourselves that <laughs> question, not just, you know, moms. Yeah. But, you know, this, I've sort of been all over the spectrum where I've been. Um, you know, full-time with a baby at home, part-time, you know, and, and so I've kind of had to play this game of pulling levers. Yeah. And right now I'm a lot more home than I am at work. And uh, that feels right for this season. Yeah. And that feels obedient. But you would equally be disturbed if your husband felt like the only lever he had to pull was work. Right. And when he gets home, well, I've done my job for mm-hmm. the day. So you're, you know, and I think I think you're so right to go back to the questions. Both men and women should be asking this. Mm-hmm. Like, men, if you have a job where you cannot be a good husband and a good father, get a new job. Right. Like, I mean, or, I mean, obviously it's not that simple. I get people make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a position where you could do that and you're trying to figure out your value system, I don't know why we put this burden on women exclusively mm-hmm. as parents. What everybody knows statistically, people need dads. In fact statistically, affection and play are often more important coming from the father figure than the mother, which is crazy. I'm like, yeah. mom should be fun, right? I no? <laughs> yeah, no? So anyways, yeah, I think these are good questions yeah. and a good rubric for you. Yeah, so so I've been working through that. And I think ultimately, you know, I went through this season where I'm like, but I came from a, you know, the com- the industry I work in is, you know, technology consulting, and that's typically male-dominated. Sure. And so trying to find my place there even has been a challenge. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately I've realized know, a woman's place is where God calls her. <laughs> and so if you're really... Uh, Wait, say that again, because I think people <laughs> in the back need to hear that. A woman's um, place is it, where God calls you. Exactly. And, you should put that but, on a t-shirt. But with the humble attitude of submission, right? So, That's right, yeah. So I don't think God's... I don't think he gave us the freedom that he talks about in, you know... Where does he talk about it? And I get in 
in scripture, you know, the freedom from sin and freedom in being Christ, Romans 6, uh, he didn't do that so we could just make whatever decision we oh, want yeah. just because yeah, we yeah. can. Yeah. He did it because, you know, so we could follow him and be more Christ-like. And so for me, that means kind of a painful sacrifice of like giving up mm. some career growth so that I can spend more time discipling my kids in this season. But, but who knows, who knows what the what next season later yeah, is. That's really good. And I Go ahead. I, no, I was just saying, it feels like, what, yeah, because I think so much of this conversation, I, you know, we come at it from very different, because I'm single, not married, so like, I kind of do whatever I want all the time, which mm-hmm. is not healthy, and so, but you know, I'm enjoying it, and so I think about, um, so the questions I have to ask myself in terms of my pursuit of my job are very different for you, and I think mm-hmm. that what can happen, and maybe you've experienced this, is I think sometimes people want, I think we're facing an ethical dilemma in the church, right? How do we deal with a post-industrial revolution world where we're coming back to realizing work is really important Mm -hmm. to the mandate of God? Mm -hmm. You've got in the garden, God comes to Adam and Eve and says to the two of them, subdue, rule, garden, you know, sort of all these things. Like they both are meant to participate in this cultural mandate. So then everything goes haywire in Genesis 3. Most of the world lives in an agrarian society. Everybody's working. Everybody's busting their butt. Everybody's trying to survive. Boom, industrial revolution comes. And suddenly in the West, and really, let's face it, with white people, you got a stay-at-home mom and you got a working Mm -hmm. dad. So now we're coming back to, I think, a good corrective in the value of work. And Mm -hmm. and I think you've seen that. You've been – but – what I think is unhelpful, and maybe you've seen this pattern, is people then just kind of have rules, right? So, like, sometimes it's, no, Morgan, you stay home till the kids are in school, and mm-hmm. that's that. And that's not helpful. That's not fair to everybody. Mm-hmm. Or the other side is, like, Morgan, your job is super important, and your daughters need to see you kicking butt and taking names. Like, mm-hmm. get in there and do your thing. And you're like, it's not that simple. Yeah. It's, like, spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-led, wisdom-seeking, and every situation is going to be a little different, right? I right. mean, so is that fair to say that it's a constant... I think what you're saying, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I like doing that, is uh, you're coming to the Lord. And I think it's a consistent, like, putting things on the altar before God and giving, asking for wisdom and giving your life over to Him. Is that fair? Yeah. And I I think whether we're married or single, that's what we should be doing at work. That's good. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, we I think we forget when we're teaching, you know, a lot of times in the church, it's like we focus on family life and church life. And, you know, we talk about evangelism, but we kind of compartmentalize our work yeah. into something different. And one of the, you know, one of the biggest things you're talking, if you're talking industrial revolution and then, you know, now we live in these urbanized environments where we're working side by side and pe- next to people, like so close that we're not parking in downtown Dallas yeah, yeah. because we're we on top so of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I can hear, we can hear from right. my booth right now, men next door people to us that are like, yeah, doing that. Plus they brought in dogs. Yeah. So like, you know, we'll try to edit that out. But yeah, yeah I can hear their industry literally. Yeah. Right next which door. 200 years ago, I wouldn't have seen them probably. No. Yeah. But what I think what that does is it makes the consequences of the fall and mm. the breakdown in human relationship so much more apparent. Yeah. It's good. So one of the things I got to do or I've gotten to do in my job is, to bring together small cohorts of uh, senior level executives. So we have like chief marketing officers and chief information officers meeting together to share experiences. And I get to sit in those rooms and learn from them, which is so much fun. And I, you know, would have thought, you know, sure, they talk about things like, okay, how do we handle big data or artificial intelligence or whatever. But the majority of the things that they talk about are people related yeah. and and how do you deal with conflict and how do you you know walk through how do you raise up leaders um 
you know, successors after you. Um, Wait, but what are we going to do about AI? I mean, seriously, I'm kidding. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> uh, but okay, so that brings up a good point because, I, yeah, you're right. We compartmentalize work as just mm-hmm. this thing that we do to generate income, which is crazy because it's not what work is. And I think what I'm hearing you say is you have a different view of work. Is that fair? That yeah. Is, yeah, a, the place, if we're going to be spending, well, gosh, if however many hours a week, mm-hmm. I want it, 40 doesn't even feel right, right, right? I mean, like some people working 60, some people working 20, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But that is a place of, yeah, you have to do conflict resolution. You have to have values based. You have to do, you have to be able to get along with people above you, below you, peer to you. You got to not microwave tuna in the kitchen break room, (laughs) right? Which is ultimately discipleship. Is that fair? Like, I think, right. And I I think sometimes we worry about crossing those lines. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to bring religion into the workplace. Um, But I do, you know, when I think about the, the people that I get, have the opportunity to manage or, I mean, I view that as a discipleship relationship, whether they're believers or not. It's like, hey, this, when I get to go to work and sit next to someone for, you know, however many hours, there's not much more life on life than you can do. Like that's a, you know, so they watch you to handle, you know, like, I mean, they've watched me have like meltdowns and then have to come back and say, okay, I didn't handle that right. Here's what I should have done. Like, here's my, you know, ask for forgiveness or, and they've watched me go through this season of becoming a mom. And, and I've been really probably maybe some people might say too open with them, but I, you know, I'm letting them know, Hey, you know, here's where my heart is. Here's what God's teaching me through this. And I want y'all to know, because the two girls or the two women that report to me, you know, happen to be women. Yeah. Um, and so, they might go through this one day, sure, you know, in yeah. the future. And, uh, you know, I figure, hey, let them see into yeah. that. Or maybe learn from mistakes or right. learn from triumphs. Yes. And learn, I mean, yeah. yeah, not that I'm making, doing it all right, but I, you know, want to share that life with them. Um, but That's I, really good. Well, and people talk about not bringing your Christianity to the workplace, which is interesting because even, so I think, yeah, so many times the conversation around the value of work is, hey, are you going to go and explicitly share the gospel with your coworkers? Mm-hmm. Which is one way of looking at it. But really, our theology has evolved enough to say that's not just what we mean. We mean, are you going to do your work excellently because you're doing it unto the Lord? Mm-hmm. Are you going to bring your moral-based living, which says, Morgan, even if, you're, if your coworkers are buttheads, you're not going to return slander with right. slander. You're going to return. You're going to put heaping coals on their head by being kind to them Mm -hmm. because you can't not bring your Christianity to the workplace. Like how you work, the quality of your work also speaks to your Christian values. And I think that's some of the divide that has separated. I think people have this secular sacred divide, which says, okay, the only way that I can be effective in discipleship in my workplace is if I get to the point where we have a transactional gospel conversation Mm -hmm. where I'd say, gosh, showing your vulnerability as a mom, being kind to your coworkers or seeking forgiveness when you haven't, mm-hmm. um, working heartily because work is ultimately important to get. Because I mean, you think about it, we live in a chaotic world that's broken. We need data storage. We need AI right. to go right. Mm-hmm. I'm already concerned about the robots coming for us. <laughs> like last night in the middle of the night, our Roomba just started up out of nowhere. Oh, scary. Which I'm sure somebody programmed it. And but not somebody is me. I'm willing to bet. But I'm like, um, hmm. A vacuum just started up at 1 a.m. in my living room and woke me up. Or who knows what Siri knows about us, you know? Exactly. And I want Christians behind that who say, not only is my job here about discipling those around me in explicit Mm -hmm. conversations, but it's also in the quality of work and in the relationships that I develop because I can't not bring my Christianity with me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm clothed with Christ. Like, it's he who lives, not me. And so... Those are the encounters that you want people to have in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes we just, 
I think we I think sometimes in evangelicalism, unless you're having that explicit, hey, you're a sinner, here's the Savior, you need mm-hmm. to get saved. But I'm like, what about all those moments where I'm like, of course, Morgan, I want you discipling your coworkers. I mm-hmm. want you in that building. I don't want someone else in that building. I want you because right. you love Jesus and Jesus loves you. And I think sometimes we devalue that more than we should. I think so. And I, you know, I don't think I could talk about faith and work without talking about uh, my former boss who just you know, the way he modeled that for me was huge. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I mean, like one of the prime examples I think of is so embarrassing that I'm going to now share it on, (laughs) you know, a podcast, but his ability to give honest feedback and real-time feedback, uh, I mean, it killed me the first couple of years we worked together. Put the skin on for that. Yes, because I... You know, he was not afraid of conflict, and I was, and sure. didn't want to hear anything bad. Um, and there was a time where, early, early on, I was just out of college, and he kind of gave me some feedback on, like, hey, what you're wearing is, like, kind of like what you should probably wear to a cocktail party, not to work. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's a nice yeah, dress. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm 20-some years old. Um, and, but, and I was so – I was probably six months, I was just mad yeah. about that conversation. Sure. And today I look back, and I think – gosh, he loved me so much mm-hmm. to, you know, help me grow in this area, you, you know, really practical area that I could grow in. Yeah. But then how else so, would you learn that? Right. If, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, and then there were other times where he sat me down and he said, hey, I just want you to think about where you're putting your significance. Mm-hmm. Where do you, where are you finding your identity? And that was probably like not something that HR would say you're allowed to talk about with your direct report. Yeah. Um, but I appreciated him taking yeah. that risk and saying, and it, and again, I was mad about it for another six sure, months yeah. and like, how dare he ask this question? And, you know, it's so invasive and, but, you know, he really loved me enough to help me with some blind spots. And so I think that's an opportunity we have is, you know, we get to see inside someone else's life really yeah, you know, I mean, forty hours. If you're working forty it's hours, it's way more with than someone, a community yes. group. Sometimes, oh like, my gosh, you're getting to see all you know everything. I spend. I mean, I have a roommate that I've lived with for ten years, mm-hmm. and well, not anymore because I'm in a startup. But back yeah. in my old job, like I was with my admin more of the week, right. Than my roommate, who we share a home, like mm-hmm. we share meals. And I think about that of like, so take that metaphor to you and your husband. Like, obviously, there's an intimacy that you and your husband share, but like the ability to be sharpened and 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 people to grow you and to, and to help you and for you to be able to do that to others. The workplace is an incredible place to do Great that. Great tool. And so I think we should be raising up leaders in the workplace that are equipped to handle conflict well, to, you know, give feedback in a really gracious way and, yeah, you know, think of discipleship in kind of a holistic way, not just, hey, can you share the gospel awkwardly yeah. while you're, you know, popcorn's burning in the microwave, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. You're like, wow, that's you again, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, headphones on. Yeah, I I'm know. good. Yeah. I, had, I had a couple awkward, like, elevator moments where they're like, okay, I need to get out of here because sure. <laughs> they didn't want to talk to me anymore. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, you have, like, it's interesting because even just theology work, like, you have Tim Keller who would say all yes. work is God's work mm-hmm. unless it's, it's exploitative. So I'm like, yes, you, you can't say that you know, pimping is God's work. But <laughs> if you like the ability to work heartily unto the Lord, because God mandated for us to work is something that I think is undersold in churches. And then when you think about, of course, like God would create in the midst of our work, 
the opportunity for that to be a form of discipleship, an opportunity for that to be a form of sanctification, mm-hmm. just speaks to the goodness of God that not only does God desire for us to work in whatever that capacity looks like, mm-hmm. like I don't think anybody's, I mean, it's interesting. I think people assume I'm more of a feminist than I am in some ways and like am adamant that women be in the workplace. And I'm like, no, whatever's best for your family is what I think. And I don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't presume to know what God's Mm -hmm. telling you, but I know that work is inherently good and valuable and necessary. Mm -hmm. And so if it's going to be, man, we want Christians who know that and believe that. And if you're one, out pursuing your calling in life and not jumping into the space that you're in, I think you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And then two, I think if you think of work as a means to generate income and not as a means that God will use to sanctify you, mm-hmm. to grow you, and to use you to do that for others, then I think you have a small view of work. And since you're spending so much time there, right. like, I don't know, I think you need to, I don't, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Like, I've noticed that how much more I value work now that I've developed a theology. And I was talking to my financial planner the other day, and he's like, when do you want to retire? And I was like, never. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, and I mean, obviously, there, I want maybe my relationship with work to evolve over time. But it was one of those things that I'm like, no, I, I think work is really important. And I think if I weren't working oh my gosh, what would I be doing? Like Mm -hmm. I'd have 15 cats. I know that and probably a circus and something like that. But yeah. 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 Okay. So way the magic wand five years from now, Morgan, if you were going to write a book, because you have all this wisdom at 30 Mm -hmm. years old, uh, but the book was like, hey, here's a rubric for how people can evaluate. Because I've heard you already say a few things like, um, is my ego involved? Uh, mm-hmm. What's best for me? Like, what are some of the principles that you would want people to take away from that book that you didn't write when you were nine, but maybe you'll write when you're 39 or something like that? What are just some work principles that you think are good questions that people should ask themselves? Or, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's a big question. Um, so I'll try try and answer it the best I can. Um, yeah, so I, I recently uh, got to write a little uh, piece for polished ministries um, about asking for a raise and a lot of my thinking on on work kind of went into that um but in in my okay this might be part you have to edit out i'm sorry (laughs) um okay so you're asking me go but ask a maybe ask the question again yeah basically i i'm Maureen. so let's say five years from now you're gonna write a book because you didn't when you were nine and you've learned a few more things along the way and Obviously, your book's not going to be like, this is what a working mom should look like. Mm -hmm. Instead, most likely, you're going to write a book and go, here are the questions I wrestled with. Here are the values that we put in place. Like, what are some of those? And maybe this isn't an exhaustive list because I'm totally putting you on the spot. But, like, what are just some things that you think women and men, singles and married, would wrestle with when it comes to work? Or maybe what are just some values you would hope people would embody in the workplace? I mean, I think first and foremost, it is. It's where is... Find, where is your ego in this? And is it, you know, are you pursuing, you know, are you pursuing something that's ambitious for yourself or uh, are you following, following the Lord mm-hmm. in those steps? Um, you know, I think it's where are you providing value in, where can you, I think one of the questions, at least these are questions I'm asking myself yeah, now. So, uh, hopefully I'll have answers to them by the time it gets to five years and I write this. Yeah, well, who knows? You know, we'll give you another five-year extension. Um, but, you know, it's where can I add the most value given the time I have, the resources, uh, you know, and the responsibilities I've been given. Um, so for me right now, that looks like, hey, I'm the only one that gets to be moms, mm-hmm. a mom to these two little girls. Um, 
so that's where I'm going to pour in most of my time. Uh, I'm not really, there's, you know, changing diapers is not really stimulating some of the <laughs> areas where I feel like I'm gifted, sure. but, but I feel like that is where the Lord's calling me to be. Yeah. Your responsibilities um, are still intact there. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, there's other places I think in the workplace, you know, where there just might be a tweak in your role where it's mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I might be able to add more value if I can, you know, use this part of my, you know, mind or my gifting. That's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, because sometimes I think people think they need to do, like, this life-altering shift. And you're saying, let's look at the value. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's just, you know, an extra afternoon a week doing something that could really help. Right. Yeah, that's good. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, our work's not about us. And, mm-hmm. and so I think just thinking what, you know, the call that we have in, you know, Matthew 28, 19, where God says this is your purpose is to go and make disciples. Um, at least for those of us that are believers, that's our purpose. Yeah, that's good. And so thinking about, you know, am I, is that even on the realm of my thinking when it comes to work? Or is yeah. this an afterthought that I think about on Sundays and try and tithe the extra bit of money that I get for my mm-hmm. bonus? Um, so how, how and what does that look like? I think it looks different for everybody. That's really good. So it's like... Constantly asking yourself value without forsaking your responsibilities. Because, right, because you can be like, well, I got a lot of value here, but my kids haven't seen me all week. Mm-hmm. That would, you know. So you got to have, yeah, I think a really healthy way of looking at that. And then a Christ-centric, Christocentric view of work that would say, if it's not about me, mm-hmm. if it really is about this great commission that we've been called into, what, what would need to change? And it may not be an occupational change, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it may just be a man, what could I do in my workplace to help facilitate good work? What could mm-hmm. I do in my workplace to make it easier for other people to do good work, to make it a, to foster an environment where people are able to thrive here because God mm-hmm. is about the flourishing of humanity. This is good. I'm excited to read your book. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, and I think the last thing I just w- would say in that book is, what are you thankful for for mm-hmm. your job? Because I think we spend so much time, especially in this world, that tells us, pursue your dreams, mm-hmm. you know, be yeah. happy at work and, you know, I mean, there was a time where I got basically demoted and, <laughs> and I was doing some stuff that, you know, I felt like was way below my, you yeah, know, education. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but I, that part grew me the most. And, yeah. and even, it, even in that time, I could say, Hey, I'm really thankful for my coworkers. I'm really, you know, they're, I'm thankful for the way people are investing in me here and, um, thankful that I get to bring them a paycheck. And I think we spend so much time criticizing our jobs or what we're doing because we spend so much time. There's probably lots of things we can find. Well, and I think that's like an ethos almost of like, it's interesting. Like you, I've been watching the office again, just Mm -hmm. like late night, fall asleep too. And like, it's painful. Actually, I think I, I don't think I'll be able to keep going. I'm like, oh, I cringe a lot. Uh, but there's like an ethos, right? It's like, it's a normal thing to complain about your job. It's like a thing we do. It's like in our, like, it's like in the normal fabric of even our society right. in America, which is a very weird thing. Cause like literally, I mean, and not to Jesus juke the crap out of all of us, but like <laughs> there are people running for their lives all over this world. There are people that have been forced into sex trafficking that that's right. their work and they, they don't profit off it. I mean, like there is a real gift in work. And I had a friend who would, I mean, literally she complained about her job so often that I one day like sat her down and was like, I really think you need to consider a job change. Mm. And she was like shocked by what I said. And I was like, no, like I never hear you say a positive thing about your job and I'm concerned for you. And this is a fairly jovial, happy, like lovely human being. And mm-hmm. and then she goes, oh, thank you. Hmm. Like 
actually, I really love my job. I just, it's, it's nice to have a place to like dump my frustrations, but I don't think I realize like you're like ready to call in an ambulance and rescue me out. And I'm like, you need a new job. If you hate your job, then I, and what has been sweet is that I know this friend well enough. I've watched her transition this year into, she literally tells me things she's grateful for at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And I'm like, and it has, it has shaped even her view of her work. To where I think if you only complain about your job, you will convince yourself your job is the worst. And I think you're right. If it's you can receive things with thanksgiving from the Lord and recognize like it's a liberty and a freedom most of us have in our work. And so we can find joy in that and right. put our hand to the till and work hard. And, you know, I think that's really good, Morgan. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that future, but <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> All right. Is there any last 2% you want to give to our listeners? You know, I think... One one thing that I've been wrestling with is this concept of appropriateness, especially as a woman in the workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's a question that we shouldn't be asking. Is we should be asking, you know, what what does the Lord call us to do? And and asking those questions because a lot of what God calls us to do isn't always appropriate. Um, Preach. But, <laughs> but as a you know female in the workplace, there's so many times that I'm told or get, you know, kind of get interrupted or told, like, you need to be quieter or, you know, mm. more appropriate. And I'm, I'm fairly reserved, so I, I don't yeah, really bulldoze over people. That, <laughs> but I uh, I just think that's an interesting question that's been challenging me is because I tend to err on the side of, okay, what's going to be the most appropriate and yeah. uh, professional thing to do? And sometimes it is like my boss did and say, hey, I talk to you about, you know, your faith and talk, ask you, where are you finding your significance? Because it, it seems like it's a little bit too much here. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, because that's where like, you think about the spiritual gifts that God has in his wisdom, the Holy Spirit has distributed to Christians. And we should expect that those gifts are not just used on Sunday morning, but in the Monday through Friday or whatever your work schedule is. And I think about that. If God has ordained beforehand works for us to walk in, then, then there are going to be some people who have almost apostolic type gifts where they're going to be first one in, they're going to be disruptive, they're going to be, um, and as someone who has those gifts, like I find myself, yeah, in environments where literally I was asked by a person one time where she was like, she was like, um, so you have a lot of people that tell you your role as a woman is inappropriate in the church. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, and enough people have told you that that you just kind of ignore them. I'm like, well, I don't ignore them. I just know what God's calling me mm-hmm. to do. Like I've got to, I've got to take God's calling on my life seriously and be where God's called me to be. And she's like, but how do you know they're not right? And I'm like, well, I've, I've done my due diligence. Mm-hmm. I've done my homework. I spend time with the Lord and I feel the Holy Spirit's prodding me to move in this direction. And she's like, I just think if enough t- people told me I should stop, I would stop. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and I'm like, yeah, but you're also not a pioneer. Like God didn't call you to do the things that God's calling me to do. And I, so I just watched Harriet, the movie. Okay. And she's like literally stealing slaves, right? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about appropriate? Like, right. I'm sure there were plenty of people who were like, that's inappropriate to steal people's mm-hmm. like slaves. And you're like, Mm, no. Yeah. And so, I, and nobody was going to sit Harriet Tubman down and be like, hey, could you be more feminine? Could you not steal slaves? And so I, and that's an extreme version of what we're talking about. Like, right. But I, but I think you're right. I think we got to take seriously the call to sometimes, we have to take so seriously the gifts that God has given us and the, and the call that he's given us in our life. And sometimes that's not going to be the most popular thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't change that you have to answer to God's call. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really good, Morgan. I think, yeah, you don't seem like someone who bulldozed people, but I would love to watch it happen. <laughs> I've, yeah, I think I I don't want – I'm one of those people that does not want to 
I have strong convictions. And so I don't want to do it just because everyone's telling me to yeah. do it. Yeah. And so, and so it was a dying to myself to say, man, you know, I, w- I always thought, well, I'm going to be this corporate, you know, I'm going to rise, you know, to the top and, mm. and maybe someday I'll kind of yeah. get to lean into that side yeah. of my calling. <laughs> no, but no. Yeah. right now it's like, you know what? I, I get to be home with my, my girls more than, than I get to be at work. And, you know, the five years ago, me would say, oh, my gosh, I would never do that, you know, because I wanted to be this corporate power, corporate person. Yeah. And now it's like it's such a gift to be on the journey of, okay, Lord, what, where do you want me right now? And, and appropriate is not the question I'm asking. Right. It's calling. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good because I – yeah, and I think that's where, you know, it, I mean, again, I don't think everybody's called to do what I do. I don't mm-hmm. think everybody's called to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to honor that in each other. And so I'd say, so my last bit is I'd say, y'all, be kind to each other. Like, yeah. especially when you have a friend who's a woman or a man who's in a dominated space with the opposite gender or mm-hmm. they're in a place that they're the advocate or they're, you know, I think life is hard. I think that we can all agree on that. And so I think the idea that we would encourage each other in our callings and trust the spirit in each other to be able to say, hey, Morgan, that's what you need for this season. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's not a forever season, but not to put my values and my presumptions upon you. Instead, be a cheerleader and and a friend. And I think that if we could just learn to be a little bit kinder to each other and more encouraging, I think that could go a long way. Mm-hmm. So rather than shaming women who do work or don't work or what, I mean, just, yeah. So I mean, this ended up being more of a women's podcast. Fellas, <laughs> you need to know this is good. Fellas, this is like peeling back the curtain to look in to these are the questions and conversations that your women, friends, wives, sisters, cousins, nieces are having. Um, yeah, they just are. We're having them, and we're having mm-hmm. them a lot. And so I just want, if you want to enter into that space, I think we need a ton of allies that just want to encourage us in our giftings and our callings, especially like Morgan's previous. I have a great boss that does that for me, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm being developed as a pastor in ways that, I, you know, that I didn't anticipate for myself. And so just know that, like, know that. And, and then also just, like, be a, be an advocate for what is God calling you to do and how do you how can you live that out and know that and then finally if you're a guy and you're forsaking your family to climb the corporate ladder stop it <laughs> so there's that all right Morgan any last things you want to say I think that's good awesome thanks for having me Nike. oh this was such a pleasure all right friends if nobody's told you today that they love you Morgan and I do but way way more importantly the God who ordained your work and has called you into it is crazy about you peace <laughs>